Welcome to Talk Money here on AM 990. I'm Keith Quinn here with Jim Shoemaker. You know, Keith, one of the biggest problems that we face in our, in our business is helping people plan about things that, you know, are not going to happen today, but happen 10, 15, 20, 30 years from now. And it's kind of like, you know, if it's not something that's important right now, do I have to do it right now? But do you remember the old commercial with the guy underneath the car, pay me now or pay me later? Pay me I later, love it, right. you know, you know? <laughs> Uh, but that's really what has to happen with people, as you think. You either do it now or, boy, you're going to pay for it later. And it is so much easier to do it now. The sooner yeah. you start, the easier it is. In fact, there's a statistic out from the Employee Benefit Research Institute that says 56% of Americans, of 1,000 Americans at least age 25, indicated that they had not, when they were surveyed, that they had not even looked at, thought about, or their spouse had not looked at or thought about retirement. Over half, 56%. Hadn't thought about it. So when we have these guys on today, we had some questions about issues. And so we thought these guys are the experts on it. Let's bring them in and they're going to talk about that. So welcome to the program, David Rochester and Jonathan McAllister. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate you having us. Well, guys, here's the thing. A lot of people talk about longevity risk. We talk about market risk and interest rate risk. But I guess when I think about longevity risk and what we are talking about is creating a retirement income that can last a person's lifetime and making sure that it's still there. The most important retirement income question is one that's so very difficult to answer is how long am I going to live? But we all know that it's inevitable that you, I mean, today people are living longer, Keith. And, and they are. And, you know, it's one of those interesting things when, you know, you typically we talk about risk. Well, the risk here is that you live a long time. So this is a very good thing. Uh, but we have to plan for, you know, you to have enough money to support your lifestyle. All right. So, David, we've kind of defined longevity risk as living a long time. But why is that the biggest risk to a financial secure retirement? Well, Jim, quite frankly, you could just end up in a point where you don't have enough money to support your lifestyle. Uh, when we've looked at our planning, one of the things we see is after someone retires, their expenses may ramp up a little bit initially, then they could plateau off and maybe even see a drop, particularly after their mortgage is paid off, their debts have declined, their lifestyles become more settled. But we also tend to see towards the latter uh, age, part of their, their life a uh, significant ramp up, and that could be to, due to long-term care needs. So it other. starts out high and it can go kind of... Plateau at a point, and then, boy, at the end of the lifetime, it can be very expensive. That's right, and I've seen that in my own family. Well, you know, talk about your own family. I know for longevity risk, your own family, your your mom was in her 90s. That's right. My mom was 92. My dad was 90. I'm thinking about family history this morning. Uh, as we were getting ready to come in, I reflect on my grandfather lived to 97. My grandmother lived to 89. My grandfather had sisters that lived beyond 100. And my wife's grand- good genetics. My wife's grandmother right now is 101. You know, that's great genetics, you know, from that standpoint. Your kids are going to live to be 200. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, Jim, I'm planning on living to be 200. <laughs> yeah. Let me mention this also. If you haven't read the news, I believe this came out yesterday, is that uh, President George Bush, the first President George Bush, is going to do a tandem parachute tomorrow. And excuse me, his, on Sunday at and Father's he's in Day. He's 90s, right? He is 90 years old. 90 years old. 90 years old. So we need to think about that from that standpoint. And I guess the issue is that obviously medical technology is pushing people longer. In my own personal case, you know, because of a stem cell transplant, 
they've extended my lifetime, you know, for because of cancer. And so I know that, you know, that's what we're looking at. People are just living longer. And medical technology is rapidly evolving. So we can expect that to be something that's going to play out, continuing it over the next several decades. Jonathan, when you look at this and you're thinking about risk, are there any different uh, issues uh, facing men and women? Are there any gender specific things people need to be aware of? Keith, there absolutely are. You know, history has shown us that women typically tend to outlive men. In fact, now it's projected that about 25% of women will live to about age 96 or longer. So that typical retirement timeline of planning until only 90 may be inadequate now. Um, In fact, a recent study by the American Academy of Actuaries told us that 50% of couples will actually have at least one person live to age 94. Jim, that doesn't hardly seem fair that women well, are going to outlive us. Well, I know which one it is in our couple's situation. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it just said one. Right, just so one. In, in my case, it's pretty obvious which one that's going to be. But uh, So that is an issue that people have to do. You know, when they come into the office, and I know you guys do this all the time. You're working with clients. You, We do a lot of retirement plan projections and analysis. People think they've got it. But, you know, one of the best things we do, Keith, and I know, David and Jonathan, you do the same thing, is just seeing the person. That sense of relief. Just yesterday, I I was going through this whole process with a person, and you could tell the anxiety because they were so afraid that it was not going to be enough. And we said, guys, it's not only enough that you've got tons of flexibility, so the analysis is really worth a lot. It does give a person a peace of mind. So I guess, David, why are people today... I guess continuing to work or feel like they're forced to stay in the workplace? Well, there's several reasons, Jim. First, I want to back up and mention I have seen men come to tears when they realize they could retire and have enough money to last. Grown, tough men. Well, you know, because you're exact. The anxiety of saying, have I done it? Have I achieved it? And, uh, you know, if you've had an opportunity to work with someone, as I had with this person yesterday, uh, he's been a client for 30 years. And I saw it come together as we put it in front of him and said, you know, here's what's happened. You have accomplished what you said. I didn't see the tears, but I could sense the emotion. Right, right. It's a great feeling. Let me, let me go back to your question. So why are uh, men and women still staying in the workforce? A lot of it is because today, unfortunately, people are still not living within their means. Uh, that's part of it. So they, they, they have to make up that difference for the years they haven't accounted for. And there perhaps has been a decrease in their assets that they were intending to use for retirement due to uh, the market pullback of 2008, maybe they got out of the market and, and didn't get back in. Uh, they may have spent uh, money on some costly decisions they weren't able to, to recover from. And then today also with health insurance being such a big issue and benefits that employers uh, provide, many people stay in the workplace longer in order to keep those costly benefits. Well, you know, and I, some of us do it because we enjoy what we do. In fact, that was a comment a person made uh, yesterday as they enjoyed what they do. But at the same time, it's uh, when do you physically need to step down? I mean, for me, uh, I enjoy what I do. But I know that there will be a point that, you know, I will stay in the workforce. But at some point in time, I know that there's going to be a physical thing that says, OK, it's time to step away and and do that. There's our people maybe that would like for me to do quit quicker, but I'm not going there. Why did you say that as you look <laughs> towards me? I don't need any comments <laughs> from anybody on the table, okay? <laughs> I understand that. I guess, David, you know, what are the challenges? I mean, you know, I know from my perspective as I work with clients and counsel, there's tons of issues, tons of challenges. Go through some of the things that you see from your practice of unforeseen challenges that they have. Sure, Jim, be happy to do that. One thing is just unforeseen costs in terms of we see a lot of people today, I met with an individual yesterday, who's what we call the sandwich generation. Absolutely. Still raising their kids, teenagers, maybe even younger, 
but have parents who have become more frail mm-hmm. and they're needing to take care of them as well. So it could require a move. Maybe they have to move from the house that they had already had paid off to an area to be closer to their parents to see after them. Uh, so a long-term care situation for themselves or their parents. And then finally, uh, you know, you've got to consider that, uh, uh, again, the medical care coverage, that's a big issue. Uh, we see today that about 27% of retirees still have employ, employer-sponsored uh, health care coverage. So some major costs that people are facing today as they consider retirement. But, you know, when you think about re- considering retirement, I mean, a person today, and I guess you guys said it earlier, that I think we need to just rethink it, Keith. A person today retires at 65. They've got 30 years, 30 years. potentially that they need to have that the asset. So that's a, a lot of times if I could just get people to say, because when I started in the business, and I won't go back when that was, but we would say start at, you know, retire at 65. If you live to be 72, that was it. Mm. Well, that's the thing. And we get that a lot. When you ask someone what's their time horizon and they might be 55 and they say 10 years. No, no, it's 40 it's, years. It's 40 you know, years. you've really got to think in those very, terms. Very difficult to go with. So I think that's an issue. And Jonathan, when we're looking at this, you know, we see that 18 and a half percent of the people over 65 are still in the labor force. You know, David talks about some of the reasons. What are some of the reasons that people are forced into retirement? Right. That's something that people normally don't think about. People tend to think about retirement as a choice. And right. I'm choosing to do this. It's it's my control. And a lot of times it's not that case. You know, sometimes you'll have someone who might have a disability or health issue. I've got a personal family member that has chronic back problems. Um, right now he's laid up in bed and can't go back to work. He's 64 years old and he didn't plan it that way. Right. Jonathan? It. I mean, and radically was, alters your plan. It does alter your plan. And so that that's a problem. That's that word forced is you didn't right. plan it that way. And that's what happens. Right. And some other things, you know, a company closing, downsizing, being acquired by another company, the position being becoming outdated or skills becoming outdated. <clears throat> and the company saying, you know what, we're going to go to someone who might be cheaper, more affordable, or outsource the job. Well, that's uh, that happens uh, a lot, too. I also have a, a, a friend and a client that is um, his spouse is very sick, and uh, he's taking uh, an early retirement as a result to, to take care of her. To be the caregiver yeah, for her. Yeah, and right. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I've known about this for years. She has breast cancer. Uh, they've been fighting it for literally 10 years, and um He's been the CEO of a company, does a great job, and, I mean, very, very effective in what he does. But he says, you know what? I've been doing this a long time. I want to spend the last several years, last couple of years with my spouse, his wife, a lovely lady. But they know that her clock's ticking, and so instead of him just continuing to work, he is saying, I'm going to step down. That's a forced retirement. But he has done some, had he done some planning on the front end that gave him the flexibility to be able to do that and step down? Absolutely. Right. He did. Good point, uh, Keith, that he did some retirement planning. He thought through it. He started early, and so he is going to take that uh, early retirement as you do. If you just join us, let me just make sure that everybody understands. This is, you know, Keith and Jim, of course, everybody knows that. But we got Jonathan and David, Jonathan McAllister and David Rochester. These guys are excellent in the idea of working with someone on retirement planning and helping them do the analysis and the forecasting that they need to Definitely. do. And I think that's so critical for people to know. And it's the peace of mind knowing longevity risk, as we're talking about, which is so critical. If, I'm, if I don't have enough money, what do I need to do? That's a question they can answer. So I just like what they're talking about. I think it's a great subject. I think it's great advice. If you want to remind our listeners, yeah, you, you can listen to, to us in one of four ways. You know, you can always listen to us on the radio, uh, AM 990. Go online, search for our homepage, kwam990.com. 
Just click on Watch and Listen Live, and you can listen to us on the Internet. You can go to the App Store, search for our free mobile app, KWAM 990, download our app, listen to us on your mobile device. And now, for the first time, we actually have a fourth way you can listen to the show. Uh, you can listen to our podcast. Just go on iTunes, search for Shoemaker Financial, and you can listen to a pre-recorded segment of the show. And, you know, the good thing about it is on the podcast is it's edited and it's shorter and it's no commercials or anything like that. And I like it. I like it, too. The fact it's, that we can uh, search for ourselves on iTunes. Yeah. I've been walking a little straighter. and you know. <laughs> <laughs> It's still radio, though. It's still radio. It's still radio. <laughs> but for, really, we've had people to call us or send us emails, and we thank you for that. And uh, you can always send us an email to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. We'll try to get your questions. And actually, we've got a question about what's a stock split, and we all know why that's Going on, we'll talk about that. Right, and I did want to just uh, tell our listeners as well, when we're doing these podcasts, we're doing it very deliberately. So if you have a particular show that addressed an area that you have a concern with or that has a concern that one of your friends might be interested in, we've edited that down so you'll just get the content that's related to that topic. So it's a lot shorter. It's an easy way to listen to it. Uh, We've titled them, so I hope they're pretty self-explanatory. Go back and check it out. Absolutely. And speaking of topics, today's topic is can I outlive my retirement, longevity risk, and the money that I've saved and accumulated, my 401k, my savings plan, all of those things that's put together for retirement, is it, you know, do I need to think about living? Is it enough? And as these guys have said to us already, uh, you need to be thinking that if their couple's healthy at 65, one of the cu- one of the members of that couple is probably going to live to be over 90. And uh, we've had some very good statistics. These guys do it every day. They're in the trenches. They help people every day with their retirement planning. I'm talking about David Rochester and Jonathan McAllister. Guys, again, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Jim. Well, you know, let's go to this because one of the biggest issues I think people think about, all right, we've identified that longevity risk is an issue that you got a plan for it, but let me have some steps. What are some of the steps? David, let's start with you. What are some of the steps that a person can do to reduce the risk of outliving their portfolio? Jim, I think, first of all, they have to look at their own family history in terms of their health and their age. As Keith mentioned earlier, people used to think they'd retire at 65 and only live till 75. Well, my dad, as an example, retired at 60 but lived to 90. And my mom lived to 92, so they needed an income that entire period of time. So looking at your family tree and looking at the genetics, in your case, I would probably put a decent bet that you won't live to be. No, no, I'm kidding. Thanks, Jim. I fully, <laughs> yeah, I fully, that's a, fully well, plan you know, on beating 100. <laughs> no, you probably literally, your genetics are going to tell us that you've got great genetics, great family history, and, and that's a good thing. In that's my exactly. case, my mother lived to be 92, but my dad died at 54. So, right. But looking at that, starting with that, first of all, is, are the genetics going to be something that's going to give you an indication that you are going to live a long time? I, I believe it will, but we also have to keep in mind medical technology. Now, we're able to do things now, as you personally know, we couldn't do in the past. Well, that's a good point. That is, I'm, I'm very, very familiar with that. I guess, Jonathan, the second step, what would be the second thing we can do? Jim, one of the big things that people don't think about is, you know, how guaranteed is my income? How safe is my retirement? Uh, it used to be that the majority of companies had private pensions to where they paid out a monthly or annual salary to somebody even after they retired. We're seeing a big shift away from that now going to more of a 401k or similar type platform to where there's really not a guarantee and it's tied to the market. So when you have that and couple it, you know, with social security, seeing which of those is there, which one is going to be guaranteed 
or do I take that and privatize and make my own pension? I know you guys do this, and I know when we do the analysis, we do what we call a stress test. Right. And a stress test on a portfolio, Keith, is really tightening it down, using some some almost unrealistic numbers, but numbers that say, okay, in the worst-case scenario— is this money going to out, you know, with inflation being maybe a little higher than what's normal, with the returns being a little bit lower than what's normal, and Plan just saying, the hey, can, the can, you, can you make this last until right. till my, uh, my mortality kicks in? So uh, great point. David, uh, give me the third thought you can help as far as reducing the risk of outliving your portfolio. Well, I believe we've got to reduce, excuse me, we've got to boost our retirement savings. We talk well, to people what do you the, mean by that? Well, we talk to people all the time, as an example, like Jonathan said about their 401k. And employee will say, well, I'm saving the most I can save in my 401k plan. I'm putting in 6%. Well, as we know, 6% is not the maximum for most people of what they can put in. So they need to know their numbers. They need to, again, do a stress analysis. But they need to, most people need to boost what they're putting into their retirement plan. And as they get older, they may need to reallocate dollars they had set aside for other purposes like college. And add that to the retirement planning. You know, if you just tuned in, of course, you know the guests, David Rochester and Jonathan McAllister. And I guess what I'm hearing is these guys know what they're talking about. They do. And I would encourage anyone that has a question to reach out and, and set up an appointment with these guys. You can always call them at the firm. And call them at 757-5757. Again, it's just about having a peace of mind knowing that, hey, if I'm going to get to this point where I've worked hard all my life, I've accumulated a certain amount of, as David referred to it, the nest egg, is it going to be enough to last my lifetime? You need to do the analysis that David's talking about. Put the stress test to it. Make sure that you've done that. You can reach these guys at 757-5757. They'll help you walk through that. David, give me some other thoughts as far as my expectations and, and you know, kind of this whole idea of the you know expecting the unexpected. Sure. We used to hear the term Murphy's Law. Oh, absolutely. If, if you don't expect it, that's when it's going to happen. So expect the unexpected. You know, some examples would be not thinking about the issue of long-term care. As we get older in life, we're living longer, but it doesn't mean we can stay independent. We may become frail and need the assistance of skilled care uh, in order to do our daily, just just perform our daily um, uh, lifestyle. Uh, Another thing could be a major illness or a surgery we were not anticipating that absorbed a lot of the money we had planned on setting aside for retirement, particularly with the changes in health insurance that could be affected. And then uh, I think we've got to consider uh, taking care of family as we get older. You know, one thing I saw in my family, and let me mention this also, inflation. We we forget about inflation all the time. Absolutely. It does 30 years of inflation mm-hmm. oh. can be very <clears throat> distressing. That's exactly right. So we've got to take that into consideration. I'll give you a personal story, though, and this is one that's near and dear to my heart, is my parents, and I think we see this a lot with the baby boomers, with those World War II families that are dying off regularly now, uh, is the hoarding of assets. And what I mean by that is, Hoarding assets that they wanted to leave to their kids and grandkids, but they didn't use it for themselves, which changed their lifestyle. So, you know, the bottom line is, is uh, when we're when we're looking at that, we're going through the house and the barn. What are we going to do with all these assets? And why didn't they go ahead and enjoy it? Now, I will tell you, my parents loved their retirement. My dad <laughs> retired at 60, and he was happy to watch the grass grow, but they traveled all over the country. So, you know... You've got to plan for those kind of things. Plan to enjoy your retirement. You know that's a you, you, that's a great point. I've got uh, I've got two examples. One who planned for retirement, and it happened a little earlier than he thought. Right. But the reality is, he planned for it, and when he 
when he finally realized he was not going to be going to work, he had two or three hobbies. I mean, this guy's busy, 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 like your dad. That's right. Talking and like my dad. And very, very much. Your parents are <laughs> and like us, Jim. Right? They're right. enjoying, they're enjoying in the heck retirement. Out of it. <laughs> I do have some people that I know today, though, that are still going through an enormous amount of searching for themselves because their work was everything they did. Right. And now they're looking back and going, I don't have a hobby or anything. Jonathan, let me, let me ask you real quick because I think we've just got a few more minutes. But the reality is, when you start this portfolio that we do the stress test right. to, help me understand a little bit about how do I what do I how do I create the portfolio that I'm looking at right well I think when people talk about a portfolio they focus more on just what what do I have in my 401k or my IRA and they miss some really big crucial steps social security being one any annuities they have other assets they may not think about that are liquid that they can use in that so when we look at a portfolio for a client we're really looking at in a comprehensive standpoint saying where is everything going and where what do we want to do with that from that point you know we take it through allocation process we do here at shoemaker financial every year six months we go back through that portfolio review everything we're doing constant reviews anyway but go back and reallocate the assets because we know that some assets are going to grow faster than others you might have some that actually lose in that year, but we want to make sure that everyone everything stays in step and everything stays level according to the plan. Jim, one thing I would add to that is is that when we're gearing up for retirement, we think of growth. We're trying to grow our portfolio. Once we get into retirement, we've got to consider that now has to re, uh, has to provide a reliable income. Mm. As, as Jonathan said earlier, the pension has gone away. We now have to determine how we're going to create our own pension. I, that's great a point. Great, great point. I had a client in just yesterday morning. We were talking, doing some retirement planning like you're talking about. We were not to the point of doing the stress test because he's not retired yet, but he's 57. It's amazing. Up until this time, he's been a client for 15, 20 years. Up to this point, he's been a very aggressive investor. You know, almost a stock-oriented, and then he's done well. He's not been panicky during 08. He stood the course, and he has done extremely well. He's he stayed the course. Now he, we said, okay, it's time for us to relook at your risk tolerance. Or you know, are you as risk-oriented as you were five years ago? Now we test him every two years. Right. This time we went through it, and it's amazing. As he was going through, it, he said, obviously, obviously. <laughs> I'm getting closer to retirement. Right. Well, Jim, he remembers 08, too. Well, he and does. he doesn't want an 08 as he retires. And he was very sensitive about that. Now, he didn't change a ton, but he did move from being a growth investor to a conservative growth investor. Jim, and we think about this a lot. When you go from that, as David said, when you're switching from trying to grow this this pot of money for your retirement to you know, trying to spend it down. It's a whole different mindset. And you've kind of got to think about taking that big loss on the table. If you've got enough time, if you're younger, you can stand the big loss. You shouldn't blink at 2008, but it's a lot different when you're in retirement and you're actually spending that money. And you know what, guys, and we need to say this too. You hear a lot of people advertising on the radio today about buy this. It's going to, you know, you don't have to worry about the market. You got right. all, you know, all this stuff. <laughs> and the reality is, um, that you pay for things like that, that sometimes cost you a lot more money than they're worth. Bottom line is, and Jonathan, you said it as clear as anybody could have said it, when you look at your portfolio, it's about, first of all, asset allocation. That's right. What is your risk tolerance? Proper diversification, understanding that, and then rebalancing, as you said, Jonathan, earlier, the rebalance on a six-month to an annual basis. There are no magic bullets, guys. It's just doing the planning, staying the course, doing the tolerance test, looking, you know, how do you manage that? What is it, the, the whole idea of stressing it down? 
But then you, as you plan, you can execute the plan and pull it off, and you can live to your, you know, don't outlive your money. That's right. I'm going to make 115, Jim. You better count on it. Good luck. <laughs> All right. I'll park it now. I'll be right beside him. How about that? <laughs> Guys, you all have done a great job. It's been a great program. I appreciate you. I think it's been good information reminding everybody, if you'd like to talk to David or Jonathan, uh, just give them a call at the office at 757-5757. I'd like to echo that. David, Jonathan, thank you so much, guys. Well, thank you for hosting the show and having us as your guests. Jim, Keith, thanks as always. Thank thanks, you. sir. Great program this week. And I want to thank those guys again, David Rochester and Jonathan McAllister. An excellent job of explaining longevity risk to us, how we can take some steps to make sure that we don't outlive our money. I'm Keith Quinn. And I'm Jim Shoemaker. Join us next week when we will help you make the most of your money. Jim Shoemaker and Keith Quinn are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.